You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this week's episode of Unwritten. Got him swinging and he has his no-hitter. Luis. In time. Roy Holiday has thrown a no-hitter. Hello and welcome to Unwritten from Odyssey and MLB. We're going behind baseball's secret rules. My name is Ron Darling and with me is the great Jimmy Rollins. Now today's rule, Jimmy, mm-hmm. is do not jinx a no-no by talking about it. Oh, you can't do that. One of baseball's fundamental superstitions. When a pitcher has a no-hitter going, don't talk about it. It is something I think is silly. Superstitions <laughs> in general I think are silly, but you have to respect them. And the one that I would honor, I'm a jokester. You know, I, I like to keep everything light. Everybody's so Loose. serious. and it's, But a no-hitter is something that's rare. You look at the number of games that are played um, in the history of baseball, compare that to the number of no-hitters. And then you have the almost no-hitters, guys that are going to the eighth and, and getting eight and two-thirds and giving it up. Um, you just can't, you just can't mess with that. And it's, and for me, it's the situation like, okay, you went eight and two thirds and you gave up the hit. Now, can we say something like, what's the difference? That's how I've always, you know, looked at it. And I'd rather for a guy, uh, the pitcher on the mound to be aware because sometimes you're coming in and especially as a National League pitcher, you know, you want to be a part of the the rah-rah and everybody's avoiding you. Like you have the plague, like no one's That's talking right. to me. You're sitting on a bench all by yourself and you're down there with the Gatorade or or the trainer that's or the medical trainer that's in the dugout and that is your only friend that day. And it's because everybody around you, most I don't know what it's like to be a pitcher. You could tell me uh, better, obviously, but everybody is superstitious for you. Not that you are. You just have a job. I'm going out there. I'm trying to get out to who's coming up the next inning. What do I have to do? And everybody's just like, yo, he just, he has a no-hitter. Don't say anything. Don't, why you, why'd you even mention it? <laughs> like, dude, you're looking at the scoreboard and thinking the same exact thing that I am. And it's like, well, he can't hear me, so it doesn't matter. And the time it, it goes out and a hit comes out and you're the first guy that happened to mention it, you get blamed. Uh, so I think it's something that, you know, you say with your eyes, you're looking around and everybody's nodding like, yeah, I'm seeing this too. Hopefully... You know, there's no pressure. Hopefully he doesn't know. But I was always literally on the side of why not talk about it? If I'm in hitting in, you know, 30 or 40 straight games, everybody's talking about it anyway. So just enjoy the moment. You know, you know, what's interesting about the no hitter is that, like you said, there's so few of them. I think uh, the no hitter and the cycle. 
have about the same number, and it, it hasn't happened uh, that often. So our unwritten rule is, and you addressed it, um, you do not talk to the pitcher while he's in a no-hitter. Now, I think the most famous no-hitter I've seen, uh, I did recently was in the postseason when the gr- great Roy Halladay beat the Cincinnati Reds in his first start in the postseason. Um, one, did you say anything to Roy Halladay after about the fifth inning? And two, what is the nerves nerves factor for people in the field during a no hitter? <sighs> well, that was that was different. It was special in a sense that you know Roy had been such a great pitcher for so many years and had never had a taste of the playoffs. And here we are, a team that has been has won the World Series. And more than anything, you wanted to win for Roy. And playing behind him, I would say, honestly, and this is no exaggeration, being perfectly honest, three pitches into the game, I looked at Chase, I said, they have no chance, none. You knew what Doc had in his repertoire. You knew how he prepared. And I'd been behind him enough to know when he's completely on. Now, I didn't think of, you know, no hitting them, but I knew he had no hit type stuff that day. Three pitches into the game. Roy Holiday about ready to cash in on something he's waited for his entire career. And away we go. Bouncing ball to Jimmy Rollins. As the game is going on, and you know Roy could really care less about a no hitter. Um, he wanted to win. He wanted to get to the World Series and win a World Series. That was bigger than anything um, that you could put in front of him as far as his career was concerned. But you do know you want to be part of something special too because it's involving him. Like, I was on the field when the great Roy Halladay uh, threw a perfect game in, in, in uh, Miami. I wasn't, but that's what you want to say. I was there mm-hmm. when he threw the uh, no-hitter in the playoffs. So you're looking around, and you honestly say that if a ball is a 50-50 ball, I hope they give me an error, and they keep his no-hitter intact. That's how much, you know, you really wanted for this man to have that special moment. And not that he needed our help that day, other than the last play of the game when Chooch made the play, dodging the bat and throwing the ball out. Uh, throwing Brandon out at first base. But I know me personally, I said, if it's a ball that, you know, I can get to and it, and it might be 50-50, I really hope they give me an error. I'd prefer an error over them scoring that hit because that's how dominant he was that day. And I wanted that to be shown and reflected in the record book. No one talks about it. And, and it's Roy Halladay. You don't talk to him on days he's pitching anyway. But then you throw in the no-hitter on top of that. And the fact that he's just mowing them down, minimum pitches per inning. It's like, man. like, And, and I said, I'm a jokester. This is not a joking moment. That is not a guy you walk up to and joke about. And, you know, even when it was done, you know, the conversation in the clubhouse, we you know, we're celebrating and, you know, we got um, some champagne bottles out. I don't think we were drinking it because we were still in the middle. You just celebratory champagne for the no-hitter. His whole thing was, you know, that's great. Let's go win another one tomorrow. 
because that's all he cared about. So in one way, it takes the pressure off because, you know, he could care less about it. But in another way, you want this special moment and to be on the field with him and celebrate and enjoy the special moment with him, that there's a different type of pressure that you put on yourself, irregardless of him. Like I said, if it's my way, please give it an error. If it's a 50-50 ball to anybody, just let it be an error. We'll live with that. We don't like errors as defenders. But in this situation, I would have gladly taken an error. A bouncer, Ruiz. In time, Roy Halladay has thrown a no-hitter. You know, unwritten rules in baseball sometimes follow superstitions, and I was addressing that before. Nobody outside of the game knows how superstitious a lot of ball players are. Doesn't sound like you were superstitious, but I played with guys that wore the same hat. I wore I played with guys who wore the same jock strap all wow. year because they were having a good year. The same T shirt. How nasty does that sound? It was uh <laughs> the entire year. And I, I was I had an interesting uh a personal uh thing that happened to me when I was with the A's in ninety two. Um so I had about a half dozen no-hitters during the course of my uh, career that went into the eighth inning, ninth inning. And in 1992, I had a good year for the A's who went to the playoffs and came up one game short of going to the World Series against the great Blue Jays. Yeah, I remember that, Ron. Thanks for reminding me yeah, of my childhood. Yes, I know. Yeah, yeah, Sorry about it. that. Because you were ready to go. <laughs> ready. So um, uh, twice uh, in that season, in the course of three weeks, I faced the Blue Jays. And for seven innings, no hit the Blue Jays, once in Toronto and once in Oakland. And the first batter in the eighth inning to ruin the no-hitter was the same batter both times with the same hit both times. And wow. it was Candy Maldonado, I'm sure you've met before in wow. your travels. Yes. The great Candy with a uh, ground ball base hit, base hit to center field, ruined the no-hitter both times. He was a pinch hitter both times. It was just the weirdest uh, coincidence uh, to to ever happen, and I will tell you. And every time I had those circumstances, it was the same. People just would not talk to you, um, especially in National League. You were talking about you got to hit. You know, you got to go up there and yep. you're in the on uh, on deck circle. If you're in an away ballpark, a lot of people are screaming at you. You got a no hitter going. You got a no hitter <laughs> going because they're trying to break the curse as well. But uh, um, I've always found it a little silly as well, is that everyone wants to give you their advice um, when you are in a regular game. Here you right. are trying to close out what's going to be a historical game, and all of a sudden, no one has anything <laughs> to say. So. so let me ask you this. You, you, you brought up Candy. Now, it happens the first time, and he breaks it up, and it's like, okay, you know, the no-hitter's done. Now it's about trying to go get the win. But here you are the second time, same situation, Candy's coming up again. Does that cross your mind? Is that fresh in your head like, okay, this can't happen twice? Uh, it happened within three weeks. So, yeah, it was fresh in my head. And I threw two different pitches on both times. A sinker, the first time he came up, base hit up the middle. A little cutter, slider, the second time up, same base hit up the middle. And every time I see him to this day, I have two choice words for him. 
because he works for uh, for Spanish radio. I say the same two words to him every single time, and then we each give each other a hug. So it's um, you know those are the kind of things that happen for people that play in this in this wonderful wonderful game over the course of time. So you and I have established, Jimmy, that we're not superstitious, but a lot of people are, and. I think what happens in no-hitters is that you know that history is going to be made, and you don't want at some point to have to answer for um, doing something on the field or on the bench. Like, you want everything to be pristine and perfect, because if it doesn't happen, and it's usually not going to happen, but if it doesn't happen... You don't have anything to answer for, like having someone go, you know what, uh, if you hadn't uh, fooled around in the seventh inning in there concentrating on what you were doing, you might have gotten the no-hitter. I mean, maybe that's where it comes from. And you know what, Ron? I can honestly say I 100% agree with that. I mentioned I like to joke. I like to smile. I'll look up in the sky. I'll look in the stands. I'll look at Chase, who never smiled, but I'll get him to smile. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yes, um, although I want to say something because playing baseball is fun. It's supposed to be joyous. You know, um, yes, you, you take it serious because it is your job and it's, you know, your job to go out there and win. But I want to celebrate those moments as they're happening, Hmm. not after they happen, um, but some things you just have to let ride for that reason. I don't want to be the one having have the conversations with this guy about me mentioning something to him and not knowing he felt the way about it and forever being blamed um, for the reason why it didn't happen. Now, is that true? No, it isn't true. You're not the reason why it didn't happen unless unless you... He told you to go left, and you went right, and the ball went exactly where he told you to go. <laughs> Other than that, look, it wasn't meant to be. Whether I said something, whether 30,000 people in the stands were screaming at you, whether it was the guy on TV or somebody tweeting or on social, any other platforms, it's not their fault. And you know what? It's not your fault either. You know whose fault it is? The guy who got the hit. That's, That's the right. reason why you get the no-hitter. <laughs> that is the only reason, superstition or not. That guy had his superstitions, maybe, but I, I do agree. You never want to have to look back and say, man, if I just kept my mouth shut, if I was just serious, if I just followed this unwritten rule of what I'm supposed to do and what I'm not, maybe it would have happened. And I don't know if that's anything anyone ever wants to you know, live with, but as a baseball player, understanding how special and how rare uh, this feat is. You definitely don't want that label. Fernando Valenzuela has pitched a no-hitter at 10-17 in the evening of June the 29th, 1990. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, Jimmy, on our show, Unwritten Rules here, some unwritten rules have more of a history uh, than others, right? Mm-hmm. We look at it, we can see how it's transformed over time. But boy, I I don't can't remember when uh, the unwritten rule of not talking to the pitcher ever <laughs> happened. In fact, I was thinking uh, in 1947, Bill Bevins was throwing a, a no-hitter, and Red Barber mentioned it on the radio, and his partner, Mel Allen, almost lost his mind because he thought it was really uh, jinxing the broadcast. I'm thinking today, can you imagine in the Twitter world, where people always want to shame you anyway, right? Um, get to a point where they really are reacting in real time to a no-hitter and don't want their broadcaster to jinx it. In 47, and, w- and when you were listening to the game in 47, shall I throw that in there, Ron? <laughs> um, <laughs> how did you feel? You know, did you think he jinxed it? I mean, I I honestly don't think it has any bearing on whether a guy, you know, achieves that feat or not. I really think um, it's up to the players on the field that determine that. But yet, if you're a listener, you're a fan, you want something to happen, um, and it doesn't, someone has to take the blame. It can't be a missed call, a missed strike by an umpire where the guy... Uh, you know, thought he had him struck out, and there's another pitch, and boom, and everybody blames the empire. Hey, we're human beings. We make mistakes. Uh, when you are in the booth, when you're tweeting, you're on social media, you're doing your job. You're just bringing the news to the people. You're speaking on the obvious, which is why I think superstitions are so silly, because it's obvious what's happening. And, you know, we don't know when or why, other than the fact that as athletes, especially baseball players, were so superstitious. And I'm sure it happened one day a guy was throwing a no-hitter and someone said something and boom, the no-hitter was broken up. Now, you know what? We can't say anything. If a guy has a no-hitter, you say nothing. You leave him alone, you let him be. And maybe that's how it started. Or maybe it was something just because a pitcher got mad and decided I don't want to talk to anybody on days I'm pitching. And we just extended that to anything, a no-hitter, a shutout. This is his first career attempt at a shutout. Who knows where it started? But that's what's so great about uh, Unwritten. Some things we'll know the history of. Some things we'll figure out. But either way, it's a mystery, and we'll be chasing it down. And I think you're right. A lot of times it depends on the pitchers. I mean, many pitchers, I would say the majority, I don't know if you'd agree, want to be left alone on their day that they're pitching. I agree. Uh, they're not very uh, social animals. And, uh, in fact, in uh, uh, Don Larson, who pitched the only uh, perfect game in World Series history in 56, if you ever knew Don Larson, he was one of the most gregarious, happy guys to ever, ever be uh, play the game. And in that game, he said to Mickey Mantle, it wouldn't be something if I did it, Mick. Wow. And um, probably Mickey was appalled. But, you know, <laughs> that's the kind of personality he had. But I was mentioning before, Corey Kluber had a no-hitter last year. And Michael Kay, the great announcer for the New York Yankees, mm-hmm. was doing it. And as the game unfolded, the Twitterverse started to remind Michael 
to not mention the no-hitter, don't ruin the no-hitter, almost kind of bullying him into making sure that he didn't do what a lot of broadcasters do. And I think that's one of the worlds we live in now is that, you know, things happen in real time. If I'm not watching a game, I will get on Twitter, uh, well, I'll see on Twitter that someone has a no-hitter through seven. I get as, as quick as I can to stream that game and watch the rest of it. Yeah, I mean, everybody gets alerts on their phones. This is happening um, on your tablets. You can be watching ESPN and across the bottom ticker, MLB Network across the bottom ticker. Such as has a no-hitter in progress, and they click to the program. And, we, you know, you talk about the Twitterverse or the social media-verse. If you believe in the energies and you're saying, don't talk about it, don't talk about it, aren't you already bringing it up? That's right. Aren't you, if, aren't you in some way jinxing it? If you're superstitious, don't say anything. That's what we're supposed to do in the dugout. Uh, if you're at home, that's what you do, uh, especially in the National League. I'm not sure what it's like in American League, but hmm. no one says anything until it's either broken up or the game is done and we're celebrating. And when you're celebrating, it's too late to talk about the no-hitter. Now it's up to the pitcher to go answer all these great questions about his great day. So, um, yeah, we're always looking for someone to blame. <laughs> um, we can't a lot of times accept the fact that what is meant to be will be, and what isn't won't. And I think in those situations, and, and maybe that's where superstitions come from, because we want to believe in something that if we do something the same way, this time it's going to actually work out to be something great, fantastic. And the one time it happens, or maybe it happens, you know, to a couple guys like Nolan Ryan, you know, eight or nine times, whatever yeah. it is, um, you say there's something to this. And you stick with it, and although it fails 99% of the time, you're holding out for that 1% of hope. Well, then maybe we have to uh, like kind of do a reversal here. The first person that mentions a broadcaster jinx it, jinxing it is the person who has jinxed it himself. So we'll put it on that person. There you go. Um, if he's a real person. <laughs> and then Michael K., Michael K., to his uh, credit, just said... Uh, like you said, Jimmy, if broadcasters aren't doing their job, that's part of their job is to let people know what's going on and why uh, you should be watching the broadcast. So you and I are in the media now. Uh, you doing the pre is that what you call this? For, yeah, it, it is what we call it. We try not to say it, but it, it, it is. We're part of the media. So I've crossed over to the dark side. You have crossed over. Remember how many <laughs> times you said, I will never be a part of the media, right? You said that many times, never. I'm sure. I, yep. I, I, did, I did too, by the way. The um, How about the media? What's their part in it? I hear uh, I work with Gary Cohen, and he loves to talk about a no-hitter after the fifth inning, he'll just say, well, no hitter going here for so-and-so pitcher. Santana, the first Mets in Seaver to take a no-hit bid to the ninth inning. And I always look at him like, really? I mean, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> but uh, do you think the media plays a part in any of this? I think the media plays a part in bringing the drama to the fans at home or are listening um, on the radios, in their cars, on their phones, wherever they are. Um, because they're not there and you have to bring that excitement and you know, they're feeling, you have to assume that they're feeling the pressure, um, as everyone else in that ballpark, as the guys other than the pitcher are feeling it also. 
And you could take it back just to, you know, when we were young and we're watching mm. guys and you're more nervous probably than anybody. At, at least you feel that way than anybody else watching the game because you're such a fan. You really want this to happen. Sometimes even if it's against your team, like, you know what? We're not going to win this game anyway. I want to see a part of history. Um, but I think you have to. You, you, you have to keep that engagement. You have to let those superstitions, those unwritten's, come out and let them debate. And someone, like, when you give up the hit, someone has to be the scapegoat anyway. And at the end of the day, you go ask the player, the pitcher, ask you, um, you know, when were you aware of it? Yeah. You know, did you notice people not talking to you? You're not going to walk in a clubhouse and hear the announcer talking about you You have a no-hitter anyway. You may go to the, you know, the bat rack area, go to the bathroom, and you come right back, and you sit by your lonesome So. I think it's fun for everyone listening and watching. I don't think it has any bearing uh, on the picture of the game itself. But then again, I'm not a superstitious guy, so I don't. Yeah, I don't think yeah. any of it matters. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I'm. I'm not a superstitious guy at, at, at all. I had an interesting thing in my career. I got traded from the New York Mets to the Montreal Expos, and I was supposed to be in a three-person trade or a three-team trade. I was mm -hmm. supposed to go to the Mets, the Expos, and then the Expos on paper to the Oakland A's. But something happened in the middle, and I ended up in Montreal, and I can speak French. So I did a couple of interviews in French. I always thought that kept me in Montreal for three weeks because they were finally happy to have <laughs> like a player who could speak French to their media. But I witnessed something. Expos were playing while I was there in Montreal, and on Friday night, Mark Gardner, through a no-hitter for nine innings, but it never counted because it was tied 0-0, and the Dodgers won the game in the 10th, won the nothing, so he never got the no-hitter. And then on Sunday, two days later, El Presidente, Dennis Martinez, mm -hmm. threw a perfect game against the Dodgers. So even though I didn't perform very well for uh, Montreal and they moved me along to Oakland pretty quickly, I saw one of the greatest displays of weekend pitching um, you will ever see. And I remember Mark Gardner, who was just a really uh, wonderful kid from Fresno, very lighthearted, easygoing. He had no problem talking to people and people talking to him. Uh, but El Presidente, Dennis Martinez on Sunday, sat behind the Gatorade, uh, whatever that thing is called, cooler. And he was so far away because if you remember that Dodger dugout in the day, it was as long as any dugout could yes. ever be. And um, so here he was having the greatest day of his life of an unbelievable career, and he did it all in silence. And, 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 here's, and here's another question. Like how, how do you, as a pitcher that is throwing the no-hitter, and you not being a superstitious guy, so we'll have you speak more in general. What is okay and what isn't okay? Like, should I at least come and say, hi, what's going on? How you feeling? Or do I just completely let you be behind that Gatorade cooler <laughs> with, with the one friend of yours, and that's probably your glove? I always wanted someone, you know, slap my leg, like, go get it, big fella, or something like that. You know, just uh, some encouragement that... Uh, that we're all in this together because every, every pitcher will tell you who's on, has a no-hit bid unless they strike out 27, and that hasn't happened yet, <laughs> uh, that you need a little help from your friends. So uh, I always wanted uh, 
guys to continue to kind of act the way they usually act in the dugout. Now, you know, I don't want some guy hitting me with with shells or anything or, you know, pelting me with gum or something like that, but I would like it to be um, how it usually is, you know? So I'm talking about all these new hitters, uh, near no hitters, and I'm kind of leaving, uh, burying the lead. So you don't know this, Jimmy, but I'm probably more famous for losing a college game than I am for anything I ever did in the major leagues. The scoreboard littered with nothing but zeros for 11 innings. Darling had not allowed a hit. So I pitched a college game against St. John's, and I, I went to Yale in Connecticut, and it was 11 innings of no-hit ball. I struck out 16. I lost a no-hitter on the first um, hitter in the 12th, had a base hit to left, stole second, stole third, and then stole home Wow! on a first and third situation. So um, I know that day, because I was in the lineup that day, and I was, I was, I was, I want to say I was hitting that day, but I didn't have any hits, so I was not hitting that day. <laughs> and... Um, I remember that dugout that day was the quietest it had ever been. No one knew how to act. No one knew how to act in the stands. Uh, people, uh, my mom, uh, at some point around the seventh inning, my dad said she started crying until the 12th, from the seventh inning until the 12th, because <laughs> she didn't know what to do. But um, it was pretty overwhelming for uh, all of the people that were involved. But I will say something that was the classiest thing that ever happened to me on a baseball field, is that after I gave up to hit in the 12th, the opposing team, the St. John's uh, University team, got out of their dugout and gave me a standing ovation. And I always thought that was like one of the coolest things. That's awesome. Uh, and it could only happen in college, because in the pros that would never happen. They'd be like, never, finally, never. finally we got a hit off Darling. It should have <laughs> happened early, well, you know, so. Well-deserved, at, at 11, you said into the 12th inning? So 11 in, innings of no-hit ball? 11 innings of no-hit ball, losing Jesus, in the 12th. How many pitches did you throw that day? 176. Wow. Now, it's amazing I know that number. I never knew the number when it was happening, but someone went over and charted all the pitches, and it ended up being 176. I played right field the next day and had to make a throw home to try to get a guy. So um, someone would have uh, jailed my college coach in these days, but not not in those days. (laughs) 49 years of baseball, from nine years old when I put my first uniform on until right now, it's still... One of the top three, if not the best pitch game I've ever seen. And it wasn't me. It was Ronnie. So we're going to agree. Sometimes we're going to disagree. But I think we agree on this unwritten rule. Wipe it from the books. Be able to celebrate during when it's happening with the pitcher that it is happening to, but in a nice, mild-mannered way. Like, keep it going, buddy. You know, we're here for you. Um, let him put it in play. We're not going to miss one play all night long just to give him the confidence that uh, we know what's going on and we're here with you. You heard it from a pitcher first. It's been approved. (laughs) There you go. All right, those are our unwritten rules of jinxing a no-no, and I think you and I are on the same page. You're not superstitious. I'm not superstitious. If a guy's throwing a no-hitter, okay, leave him semi-alone. But it's all right to go over there, tap him on the leg and say, keep it going, fella. Definitely. And, and I'm right along with you, hey. You have to respect the player. You have to respect the situation. You have to respect the unwritten rule. So it's tough for me to hold all this laughter and joy in. But yet and still, 
if I know the guy on the mound is the guy that I really catch up with, I got to respect it. Let him be. Go get this no-hitter, and we'll celebrate after. Unwritten rules. That's Jimmy Rollins. I'm Ron Darling. Thanks. Unwritten is a production of Odyssey and Major League Baseball. Our senior producer is Paul Aspen of Odyssey with Ian Kay of Major League Baseball. Lena Glazer is the executive producer of 2400 Sports at Odyssey. Jody Avergan and Nick Trotta of MLB are executive producers. Special thanks to everyone at Major League Baseball and Odyssey who helped make this show happen. If you enjoy the show, please leave a rating or a review in your podcaster player of choice. Or just tell someone about the show. For Jimmy Rollins, I'm Ron Darling. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back soon with more on baseball's unwritten rules.